Good morning, brothers and sisters. I am Pastor Yolanda Puportiz, serving by the grace of God as Pastor Emerita Edwards United Methodist Church in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And we are already in Holy Week, that week for which we have prepared for 40 days so that we can walk again with Jesus in his last days, relieving in each of those moments in which we will always find something new to discover, something that will help us better to understand and feel the incredible depth of our faith, of God's love, and of his purpose of salvation, not only for us, but for all of humanity. Yesterday, when we celebrated Palm Sunday, we celebrated the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And I share with you this passage as found in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, beginning with verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey colt. His disciples did not understand the things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. This is the word of God. Why do we call this entrance of Jesus to Jerusalem the triumphal entry? He did not enter with trumpets, golden floats, or beautiful horses, but quite the opposite. He entered seated on a humble donkey. But even so, the people came out to receive him. In those days, there were many people in Jerusalem because they had come to celebrate the Passover, that feast when they remembered how God had saved them from Egypt. And when they heard that Jesus was coming, they went out to receive him because they, many of them had heard of him, or many had seen him and had witnessed the extraordinary things that Jesus were doing. Jesus had the people surprised with his signs and his miracles, don't you think? The blind received their sight, the deaf heard again, the paralyzed walked again, and even he fed a great multitude with only five loaves of bread and two small fish. And the miracle, perhaps the most incredible, that had brought Lazarus back to life. After four days in his tomb, Jesus had raised him. And that's why people follow him. Because if he had the power to resurrect Lazarus, he also had the power, they thought, to save them from the Roman Empire. Let us remember that Palestine was under Roman power. And they, as all the people, want, they wanted to be free and independent. And that's why they were crying out for him to give him. They were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. You see, Hosanna in Hebrew and Aramaic means safe. 
So what they were telling him was in reality, Jesus, save us. Save us from the empire that enslaves us. Save us from this political power that takes out our profits from, for its own expansion. Save us. But we know that Jesus was not the revolutionary or the political leader they wanted him to be. That he was not coming to defeat the empire. Jesus was the son of God who came to destroy another empire. The empire of selfishness, of violence, of sin, the empire of death. It was, yes, it was a triumphal entry because Jesus had decided to declare himself the King of Kings, the Son of God, to face evil and overcome it on the cross, giving his life to take it again, as he himself has said, that is to be resurrected, overcoming forever sin and death. As we know, at the time of death, at the time of the crucifixion, the crowd was not there. The Hosanna's Christ, the Christ for salvation had ceased because what he, the crowd had asked for had not happened. And when they realized that Jesus was not going to give them what they wanted, they left him alone. Justo Gonzalez, in his book on the Gospel of John, three months in the school of John, says that they did not leave him alone for lack of faith. No, they had had faith in Jesus, but it had been a wrong faith. They had misunderstood it. He says that when Jesus did not give them what they were looking for, which was political salvation, when they saw that Jesus did not have any interest on that, wasn't going to give it to them, then they went to find another Savior in whom to trust and to ask what they wanted. I think that this leaves us with a very important question for ourselves. What kind of faith do we have? Why do we love and follow Jesus? What do we expect of him? I have heard preachers saying that when we tithe, we will have prosperity in all areas of our, of our life, including our finances. And when that doesn't happen, what? We stop tithing and we stop believing in Jesus? Others believe that wearing a cross and carrying a Bible wherever they go will deliver them from ever from every mishap, from every problem. And when that doesn't happen, when there is an accident, an illness, or a serious problem comes to our life, what? Do we cease believing in Jesus? We know that we receive from Jesus rich blessings. More than abundant blessings we receive from Jesus. When we serve and love Jesus, the blessings are many and we are filled with joy and peace. But we also know that as human persons, we're not immune to the ups and downs of life. And that precisely the more faithful we are, the more occasions we will have when it is difficult to remain faithful to our Lord and the values of the kingdoms. What kind of faith do we have? A misunderstood or self-interested faith that falters or vanishes when, when we ask does not come, or a faith that is capable, as Jesus told us, of denying ourselves and taking up the cross, where our fears, selfishness, lack of confidence die, 
in order to find in that death the resurrection, the new and true life. What kind of faith do I have? The one that depends on what I receive or the one that depends on the love that I have already received in my Lord, in my God. When I think of that faith that does not depend on what it is received, but the faith that de depends on the great and powerful love that I have already received from the Lord, the verses of the well-known anonymous poem come to mind. I'm not moved to love you, Lord, by promises of paradise, nor does the hell that terrifies me move me to, move, to want to sing no more. You are the one that moved me, Lord. When I see you on the cross, to see your wounds, hear insults, lies, and grief to know you are dying, Lord. Your love moved me in such a way that without heaven, I will still love you. And without hell, I will still fear to stray. You don't have to give me anything to love you, my Lord. For even if what I hope, it would not be there, I would love you anyway. God bless us with that kind of faith. A faith that trusts in the Lord who was able to die in the cross and to resurrect, to give us life in abundance every day until the day when we meet with Him again in the realization, in the total realization of His kingdom on earth. Amen.